0: You're listening to Live with Ligia. I'm your host, Legia duh. I'm a lawyer and YouTuber, and I keep you up to date with a zero BS take on the news every Thursday morning at 10.30 AM Central, live on YouTube. And then I post that audio here for you as a podcast, so you can listen on the go, you busy fucking bee. Enjoy. Good morning, Hello. Happy Thursday. Feeling wild and crazy, I left the window shade open so we're getting some natural lighting on the backdrop. Ooh, fancy. Hope everyone's doing well. I feel like we have some wild news today, a wild news day. Some news days are real boring, but some are fun. I'm happy to report I'm feeling better earlier this week as in like yesterday and the day before I was um, bedridden. With some sort of a stomach bug. Yesterday I was able to get some work done, but it was, like, it was like in between stomach cramps, which wasn't fun. But I feel good today. No cramps so far. And I had breakfast and no cramps still. Even got some coffee in me. So we're doing good. We're feeling great. Moira is asleep beneath my feet, so you might hear some snorts and snores. I did it on purpose. Because she's so cute and I couldn't say no. Couldn't say no to her. So thanks for being here. Wow. Thank you for being here. So happy you were able to make lives. We love you at the live stream. Happy to see you here. Alright. Should we just get into it? I feel like I have to sneeze. Nope, it's gone. Well... We'll see. Anyway, I feel like fittingly the 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 tag for this should be "eat the rich," right? Eat the rich. So let's bring this up here. Okay. Uh the the Titan the Titanic submersible the AKA the Titan. Um, it's missing. <laughs> it, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news lately, but it's missing, and the entire world is up in arms about it. I feel like I don't need to really go into the details of what happened because everyone knows about it. But in case for some reason you haven't been paying attention, um, five very rich people got into this tiny little submersible, which is just, it's like the size of a minivan, but there's no seats. They just sit crisscross applesauce on the floor and it's controlled by a... Off brand PlayStation controller and a single button because really it's supposed to be connected to a mothership that's like directing it. I think I don't really know the technology, so it didn't need like tons of function, but probably needed more functions than that. It's kind of haphazardly put together by this millionaire, uh, because they really think that they can do whatever they really think that they are fully. What's the word? They can't, they're, they're infallible. There's the word. Hi, words are coming slowly for me this morning. They think they're infallible. So they're like, yes, sign me up to put me inside that minivan sized thing and put me 12,000 feet below the ocean's surface. Bolt me in there. Yes, there it's bolted from the outside. So even if they did surface, they couldn't get out. They couldn't unbolt themselves. So they could be floating on the surface. And still suffocate. Um, anyway. So it was going down. It was like two hours into his journey. Down to the Titanic. These five people. One was like the CEO of this company. Another was like a guy who's done this a bunch. And then three billionaires. Who paid two hundred and fifty grand each. To go down. They're going down. Like two hours in. They lose contact with the mothership. And we don't know what happened. There are. Like, three plausible outcomes that I've heard people say. One, there was some sort of catastrophic failure in the construction and it imploded from all the pressure and they just died instantly. Frankly, that's the best case scenario at this at this point. Second plausible outcome, they got down to the bottom, to the Titanic, and they got stuck in, like, the wreckage. It's not funny, but it's funny. They got stuck in the wreckage. Um, third plausible outcome... They're just floating around somewhere or they surfaced, but either way, they're like trapped in there and they're just floating around. Um, When they went down, they had 96 hours of oxygen supply Um, that 96 hours was up this morning at 6 a.m. So things aren't aren't looking great for them. Um, And now there's like there's been a lot of agitation, a lot of motion, a lot of things in motion to try to help find these five millionaires and billionaires. For example, we had this high-tech, probably multi-billion dollar Canadian aircraft searching for them on the surface. Uh, We got like some French, we got some outsiders coming in, hold on. Yeah, some remotely controlled deep sea vehicles on route. The problem is that they're like quite far off the coast of Canada, they're they're here. So like it takes a while to get there, by plane or by sea, it takes a long time. So to get a submersible vessel that could go as deep as this one can, or as deep as the wreckage of the Titanic, which is 12,000 feet below the surface or 12,500, sorry. Um, there's not many vessels in the world that can go that deep. And according to a lady I heard on TikTok yesterday, so don't cite this as a source, kids. um, She said that it's like 12,000 feet deeper than the deepest known underwater rescue has ever happened. So like doesn't look good. There's not many vessels that can go down this deep. Um, So it's not looking good. It's not looking good. And the discourse that I'm seeing, mainly again on TikTok, is people being like, fuck the rich. These people are dumb. I even saw some of you guys commenting that before I started the video. These people are dumb. They thought they're infallible. They paid the equivalent of like five years worth of the average salary for this one day trip down to see the Titanic. Despite the fact that we have very good 3D IMAX Quality video that you can just watch. And it's basically like you're there. I've seen it. It's 3D. It's the same thing. But no, they needed to go down there so they could say that they did. And one of the billionaires on there, he also went up into space with Jeff Bezos' big dick flying space thing. Just to say that he did it. Um, It's just one of those things that I think when you have so much money and so little thrill or risk <laughs> in your life because you have everything you could ever need and you can pay anyone to do anything for you money is not an issue and you have nothing else to live for i guess you decide sure shoot me up into fucking space send me down to the bottom of the ocean i got to i got to see this shit let me spend my money on that instead of like helping people anyway so there, there's been a lot of like, we're seeing the class divisions, the 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 upset that many people feel at the current economic inequalities rippling up in response to this story. Um, and so it got me wondering, like, why the hell is this newsworthy? Like, five people died in an, a thing that like, I will say... Just even just looking at this map makes me want to vomit a little bit because this is land, this is like ice below the surface, and then this is they're down there. No, that like that way of dying. Like, I hope at this point because like they're out of oxygen, I hope it was a catastrophic failure and they all died instantly because the other options sound bad. And I, like, even though I say eat the rich, like, I am also, t- I tend towards a pacifist tendencies, and so I also wouldn't really wish that that death on anyone. Um, that sounds fucking awful. That being said, people die all the time. People die in private plane crashes. Like, these people aren't famous. They're wealthy, and so they're known in their circles. But they're not, like, famous people. Um... People die all the time, plane crashes, et cetera, et cetera. We just had a migrant boat off the coast of Greece where like 700 people died or something. It makes a headline for a day, but it's not like this. So I was like, why is this capturing our collective attention at such a high level? Why are we spending so much time and so many resources on this? Um, And I think it's multifaceted. One, we have a sick fascination with billionaires and wealth. And also we have a growing dissatisfaction with the wealth inequality in this country. And so this, it's just a gross kind of example of a larger issue in our society. That is, billionaires matter more. We're willing to spend more resources on them. They waste a ton of resources and they do stupid shit with impunity generally speaking and that's really fucking annoying when the, a large swath of the united states would be homeless if they had one 500 hundred dollar emergency you know like to watch this unfolding while so many people are struggling is like it, it's just a very stark example of how we are living in two very different worlds two like vastly different worlds Okay, so I think that's one piece. Second, I think it's just a horrific way to die. It's a horrific thing to think about. It's a morbid thing, a morbid curiosity uh, that hits on our like, huh? uh, they're what they're huh? they're trapped in a van-sized thing, twelve thousand feet under the water. You just it's like you can't look away. It's like a train wreck. Um, and then also, thirdly, I think the third piece that has us all kind of obsessing about is people are just obsessed with the story of the Titanic. Like, what other, I mean, I know that there are other, uh, you know, sunk vessels that people are still researching, but what other vessel quite captures the imagination as the Titanic? What other sunken vessel is there, like a multimillion dollar huge motion picture written about, you know? And I don't know about you, but for some reason, there also seems to be a trend. I don't know if it's just amongst us, like, white bisexual women, (laughs) but I hit my Titanic obsession phase right around the same time I hit my horse girl phase, 10, 11, 12. Um, Loved riding horses. I thought I was going to be an equestrian and own a horse ranch in Kentucky when I was 11, you know? Okay. Um, And then also obsessed with the Titanic. Not just the movie, though I did watch the movie um, very regularly. I probably watched it like there was one summer where I watched it, I think like 15 times. Um, But I watched it because I was obsessed with the historical story of the Titanic. How was it built? How big was it? Why was it built? Who was on board? What were the mechanics of it? What's the exact timeline? What are all of the things that they did wrong? Like I was obsessed with it down to the minutiae of like, that's, this is probably like one of the first historical things. Like I love history. This is probably the, the founding of my love of history was in my obsession with the Titanic. I don't know why. Again, it might just be because we're kind of obsessed with really wealthy people and just like gawking at like what what, what, what is their life like? Because they live, again, we're living two separate lives. So I think that, that's the piece of it. Obviously I was in love with Leonardo DiCaprio because like he had the butt cut in the nineties and like, that's all it took. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I think it's, it's the, the combination of the, the billionaires, the horrific way to die and our collective obsession with the Titanic that has us all just nonstop talking about these five people when there are so many horrible things happening all over the world all the time all right let me look at your comments oh also another thing that came out today that i thought was interesting is hold on where did i find that one of the one of the people who's down there oh god i saw it somewhere uh, one of the people who's down there, his wife, is descended <laughs> from two people who died on the Titanic. Now that's now that's some karma. That's some there. That's some bad juju. All right. Let me let me read. Let me read these. Comments. Well, I hadn't thought about the slowly freezing to death option. Because yeah, that's it's got to be real cold down there. How are they keeping warm? Yeah, I can imagine people in Hawaii are doing dumb shit. Yes, I see we have some other Titanic horse girlies. Great. Happy to see it. Thank you for being here. Uh, all right. All right. Yes, welcome. Hi. We can hear Moira. She's asleep. She's asleep. All right. <laughs> I guess you could say they got the full Titanic experience. They sure did. All right, let's move on. Uh, cause other shit is happening in the world as much as, uh, this is like hard to look away from. Um, okay. So Adam Schiff. Uh, let's take a, let's just do a huge 180 turn, talk about something completely different. The House of, of representatives of the United States has censured Adam Schiff over his role investigating Trump. Um, it's the, f- the first in a series, it could be a series of votes seeking to punish those whom Republicans have deemed enemies of the party. Now, this is important. Uh, they formally censured Representative Adam Schiff, Democrat of California, on Wednesday, this was yesterday, over his role investigating former President Trump. Um, the censure passed by a party line vote, six Republicans voting present. The measure had the backing of Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Um, Its lead sponsor, Representative Anna Paulina Luna, Republican of Florida, altered its language to remove a multi-million dollar fine that some Republicans viewed as unconstitutional. So that's good, I guess. Um, She said, Adam Schiff launched an all out political campaign built on baseless distortions against a sitting U.S. president. Um, accusing him of engaging in falsehoods, misrepresentations, and abuses of sensitive information as he sought to unearth connections between Mr. Trump and Russia. Uh, This is important. It is rare for a member of Congress to be censured, a punishment that amounts to a public reprimand. The House had censured members just 24 times in the chamber's history, and typically only after a finding of wrongdoing. Before Mr. Schiff, only two members of the House had been censured in the last four decades. Democrats erupted in chants of shame at Republicans after the vote and surrounded Mr. Schiff in a protective circle as he walked to the well of the House to receive the censure. Representative Eric Solwell, Democrat of California, called out that the proceedings were a disgrace. So um, he's seeking a Senate seat. Adam Schiff and he has cited the censure against him in fundraising efforts so it's like it's not like this is unexpected to have happened yesterday but it's still pretty shocking that they I mean nothing surprising at this point but it's still like pretty bad that they would stoop to this he led the first impeachment prosecution against Mr. Trump and served on the house committee investigating the January 6th attack on the capitol he said you honor me with your enmity And it's just, it's like, it's just this type of, like, why the fuck are we wasting our time and resources on petty, like, gotcha moves when, like, we got shit to do. Again, it's just, like, rich, powerful people. I almost threw my coffee mug off the desk in anger. Excuse me. Rich, powerful people doing stupid, petty shit while the rest of us are struggling and watching from afar being like, "Eh, what, what? So hold on, let me bring this back up. Just because we know everyone in Congress for the most part is rich. Eat them. Eat them up. Why the fuck are we wasting our time on this? Relatedly, ProPublica just came out with a report Saying that Justice Samuel Alito took luxury fishing vacation with GOP billionaire who later had cases before the court. Yes. This slimy little fucking fish, Sam Alito. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. This is the billionaire. The billionaire has what um, my partner Charlie and I like to call turkey teeth. <laughs> They're the type of teeth that you fly to Turkey to get done. Because Turkey notoriously does really good. Or inexpensive uh, cosmetic surgeries. So we call them turkey teeth. Billionaire Billionaire with the turkey teeth. Um, so this guy's Paul Singer, a hedge fund billionaire who has repeatedly asked the Supreme Court to rule in his favor in high stakes business disputes. Singer was more than a fellow angler. He flew Alito to Alaska on a private jet. If the justice chartered the plane himself, the cost would have exceeded $100,000 one way. In the years that followed, Singer's hedge fund came before the court at least 10 times in cases where his role was often covered by the legal press and mainstream media. Alito did not recuse himself from the case and voted with the 7-1 majority in Singer's favor. The hedge fund was ultimately paid $2.4 billion. So you have a Supreme Court justice who goes on fishing trips with a billionaire whose hedge fund then becomes before the court He doesn't recuse himself, and he votes in favor of that billionaire's hedge fund receiving $2.4 billion. Looks bad. In fact, this is what recusal is for. Because whether or not Alito voted with any sort of bias doesn't matter. It looks bad. So you should recuse yourself. That's the point of it. Alito did not report the 2008 fishing trip on his annual financial disclosures. By failing to disclose the private jet flight Singer provided, Alito appears to have violated a federal law that requires justices to disclose most gifts, according to ethics law experts. And the the reason why ProPublica had to ask ethics law experts about whether or not he might have violated a federal law is because none of the justices ever in history have ever really been held to any sort of ethics standard. There's suggestions, and there's reporting requirements, but no one's really policing them. Why? Because they police themselves. And despite the fact that every other federal judge on the bench has to follow a strict code of written ethics, the Supreme Court does not have such a thing. And so they get to just do this shit, and even though it appears to have violated federal law, Who enforces that law? Who interprets that law? Yeah, it's not great. Experts said that they could not identify an instance of a justice ruling on a case after receiving an expensive gift paid for by one of the parties. Meaning this is like unprecedented. If you were good friends, what were you doing ruling on his case? Says Charles Gay, the guy whatever an indiana university law professor and leading experts on recusals which like expert on recusals what a fucking snorfest. and if you weren't good friends what were you doing accepting this referring to the flight on the private jet you know like i'm i personally am not often offered flights on private jets by casual people who i don't really know that well <laughs> you know make it make sense sammy make it make sense On his Alaska trip, Alito stayed at a commercial fishing lodge owned by this businessman, who was also a major conservative donor. Three years before, that same businessman flew Justice Antonin Scalia, who died in 2016, on a private jet to Alaska and paid the bill for his stay. So it seems he has a pattern here. Interesting. It's almost like he's just kind of greasing the wheels of justice with a little free trip here and there just in case he might need a little help. Such trips would be unheard of for the vast majority of federal workers who are generally barred from taking even modest gifts. Remember that scene in Parks and Rec where uh, where uh, Leslie Nope gets that gift basket with wine and she's like, we cannot accept this. It is over $40. And then they drink it anyway. And then she turns herself in and it's a whole thing. That's like funny and a joke because no one actually adheres to it quite that strictly probably. But also it's a thing. It's a thing. Leonard Leo, the longtime leader of the conservative Federalist Society, attended and helped organize the Alaska fishing vacation. Leo invited Singer to join, according to a person familiar with the trip, and asked Singer if he and Alito could fly on the billionaire's jet. Leo had recently played an important role in the justice's confirmation to the court. Singer and the lodge owner were both major donors to Leo's political groups. Leo, Leonard Leo was also involved in the whole Clarence Thomas billionaire buddies. Fiasco. ProPublica sent Alito a list of detailed questions last week, and on Tuesday, the Supreme Court's head spokeswoman told ProPublica that Alito would not be commenting. Several hours later, the Wall Street Journal published an op ed by Alito responding to ProPublica's questions about the trip. Alito said that when singers' com- companies came before the court, the justice was unaware of the billionaire's connection to the cases, despite the fact that if you're ruling on a case, you really need to know who the parties are. And the the mainstream media had mentioned that he was part of the case. So it clearly was not that hard to find out. Every attorney who takes on a new client or a new case does a conflict of interest check. It's called a conflicts check. You cannot accept a new client as an attorney before running that conflicts check. It's just a commonly accepted ethics procedure that every attorney does and every law firm does so that you don't have a conflict of interest between a client you're representing and the other party. When you become a judge, I can only imagine that that requirement becomes even more important. Shouldn't we be doing checks to make sure that the judge sitting on the bench has no material connection to any of the parties? Isn't that just basic common sense? What the fuck are we doing? This is the highest court in the land. I'm mad. He just had no idea. I just didn't know that he was part of this case. I just, how could I have known that? I'm just a little baby, just a little baby Sammy Alito. I'm just a baby. He said he recalled speaking to Singer on no more than a handful of occasions, and they never discussed Singer's business or issues before the court. Alito said that he was invited to fly on Singer's plane shortly before the trip and that the seat would have otherwise been vacant. And just a baby; the seat would have been vacant, so I just had to take it. What, what else was I supposed to do? What would have just been vacant otherwise? Like, fuck off. He defended his failure to report the trip to the public, writing that justices commonly interpreted the disclosure requirements did not include accommodations and transportation for social events. That's, like, disputable and also... Why the fuck are we leaving it up to the justices to interpret their own rules of ethics? This is so fucking stupid. And why do this? It just keeps happening. Why aren't we doing something? In a statement, a spokesperson for Singer told ProPublica that Singer didn't organize the trip and that he wasn't aware Alito would be attending when he accepted the invitation. Singer never discussed his business interests with the justice, the spokesperson said, adding that at the time of the trip, neither Singer nor his companies had any pending matters before the Supreme Court, nor could Mr. Singer have anticipated in 2008 that a subsequent matter would arise that would merit Supreme Court review. We're all just like little babies. We didn't know. We just didn't know. We're just little babies. That's what that's saying to me stupid idiots. Also only spoke to him a handful of times. I don't know. Looks like they were on a boat together for a while to catch these fish. Did they sit in silence? (laughs) Fucking liars. Perjury. Perjury. Oh, I'm mad. The undisclosed gifts have prompted lawmakers to launch investigations and call for ethics reform. Recent bills would impose tighter rules for justices' recusals, require the Supreme Court to adopt a binding code of conduct, and create an ethics body, which would investigate complaints. Again, because the justices should not be interpreting and policing their own ethics that aren't even written down. Oh, this is stupid. Oh, it's so dumb. Let me, let me look at your comments. Yes, I am, I'm white fisherman mad. I am white fisherman mad they they all should be they all should be the inmates are running the asylum send them to pig tower too oh, oh my god say hi to keith a plane seat just fell into Alita's lap. I, how could I turn it down? It would have just been empty otherwise. Oh no. Oh no. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Uh, I'm sweating. I had to turn off my, I have an AC unit in this window. I had to turn it off so that it didn't overpower what I was saying. But now I'm sweating. Now I'm sweating. Pig tower. Henry got it. Oh, boy. All right. Okay. All right. Someone, I saw someone's comment saying that debris was found. Let's see. Uh, Yeah, okay. One of the remote, sorry, we're back on the fucking Titan again. I'm so sorry. One of the remote control vehicles located a debris field on the ocean floor within the search area. area. All right, so maybe it did like implode and then it just on the, the ocean floor. I don't know. Okay. So TBD on that debris was found. All right. Anyway, so then, so, so, oh, so there was, there was another thing. Hold on. There was something that I highlighted here about this lawyer guy, singer, not he, singer, this guy, this billionaire guy. Okay. Singer's career as an attorney, he went to law school. So first of all, he went to law school. So he understands certain things about the law. Okay, but his uh, his career as an attorney was short-lived um, his convictions about the law stayed with him for decades. After starting a hedge fund that eventually made him one of the richest people in the country, he began directing huge sums to causes on the right that included groups like the Federalist Society dedicated to fostering the conservative legal movement and putting its followers on the bench. Okay, so then I was like, okay, Singer gets it, at least in terms of like being a lawyer kind of sucks. Um, Yeah, uh, it kind of sucks. And also it doesn't get you very rich. You can be making six figures and that's great. But if you're like him and you want to be a billionaire being a lawyer is not going to cut it. Uh, So then he starts a hedge fund and he starts just giving money to right-leaning causes. So then I was like, okay, cool. We seem like we're on similar trajectories. I went to law school and only practiced for a couple years and then decided that I'd rather be a YouTuber. Um, What if I just started a hedge fund? Can't be that hard, right? These, like, everyone who's ever been in a room with powerful people will walk away, especially women, will walk away and be like, these guys are kind of dumb. These are the people running the world. Michelle Obama says it. I saw a TikTok yesterday from some other lady saying it. Like the people with the power aren't that smart. So if this guy could be a billionaire, well, maybe I'll found my own hedge fund. So then I went to ChatGPT and I said, please give me detailed instructions on what I would need to learn and the steps I would need to take in order to found my own hedge fund and become a billionaire. Just basic Thursday morning thoughts. Um, And ChatGPT told me that I need to gain a financial education, maybe an MBA or, or a certification of some sort. Then I need to get experience working in financial markets like investment banker, private equity, trading or asset management. Or I could work in another hedge fund to gain firsthand knowledge, which would be invaluable, according to ChatGPT. Then I would need to develop a unique strategy. A unique investment strategy that delivers consistent high returns. And listen, do I know how to do any of this? No, but I'm pretty sure I heard once that studies show that women are better at investing than men, than men are. So I got the gender thing down. Um, and then you got to raise capital. So you have your strategy. Then you got to find people to give you money. Typically, you would begin with your funds of those close friends and family. Um, I don't really have rich family, but maybe if we crowdfunded, do you, has a crowdfunded hedge fund ever happened? Because maybe we could do that. Um, And then we can move on to high net worth individuals and then eventually to institutional investors. We have to convince them that our fund will provide them with returns that exceed those available elsewhere, which sounds really close to a Ponzi scheme. This is the thing with the law. You're always just toeing the line just right on one side of the law. Basically, you would have to actually give them that returns. Okay. Then you have to comply, get legal set up, yada, yada. Hire some lawyers to do that because practicing law is fucking boring. They can do that. Infrastructure and operations. You got to have an office and staff. You got to get technology for trading and analysis, maybe a broker and administrator for fund accounting, some auditors for financial reporting, maybe a marketer. Then you got to start marketing it. And as you, you know, you, you get your fund and it starts gaining notoriety, you get more money, then you can start scaling it, you market it some more and then becoming a billionaire for running in a hedge fund typically involves the fund generating significant profits and the manager, that's me, owning a significant part of the fund or its management company, okay? But ChatGPT cautioned that while these steps provide a broad overview, remember that starting a hedge fund and becoming a billionaire requires years, if not decades, of consistent work, strong relationships, and favorable market conditions. Even with all these, there is significant risk involved, and many hedge funds fail. It is critical to have a passion for finance and investing and to be prepared for both the ups and downs of this career path. And then I was like, I don't have a passion for finance and investing. But I do have a passion for, like, what if we... uh, You had a lot of money, and then we gave it to good guys instead of bad guys. Then what happens? Then what happens? (sighs) So, like, it's like seize the means of production, but from the inside. What if we did that? Yeah so many dumb people have done th- so many dumb people have done this before people dumber than me have done this before i'm just saying what if we what if we crowds crowdsourced a hedge fund yeah good guys plus money can easily equal bad guys and you're right but <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun? Anyway, this was a this was a rabbit hole I spent far too much time on this morning, and I thought I would share it. We need to move on, because it's already after 11, you guys. Um, the U.S. has approved... Uh, let's not eat the rich. Uh, let's put this in climate corner. The U.S. has approved the sale of lab-grown chicken. And I want to know what you guys think about this. What's the general consensus? Would you eat lab-grown chicken? Um... I didn't highlight anything in this. It says it will likely be years before shoppers can buy lab-produced meat in grocery stores, but the government's decision will eventually allow the sale of lab-produced meat across state lines after passing federal inspections. Um, Let's see. They explained how it works here. So supporters of cultivated meat say the product has better outcomes for the environment, food safety, and animal welfare, but skeptics are wary of scientific and safety risks and say the purported environmental benefits are unproven. Difficulties remain over how to increase the product for mass consumption. Um, Here, lab-grown meat begins with cells taken from an animal. Those cells are then fed water and salt and nutrients like amino acids, vitamins, and minerals. The cells then multiply in large tanks called cultivators or bioreactors. When harvested, the product is essentially minced meat, which is then formed into patties, sausage, or fillets. The meat contains no bones, feathers, beaks, or hooves, and does not need to be slaughtered. Um, so TBD on where it'll go. Oh, many cattlemen and agriculture groups have cried foul over calling the lab-grown variety meat and have been lobbying legislators to safeguard the word. The Food Safety and Inspection Service, the Agriculture Department agency tasked with inspecting conditions at processing facilities, is still drafting regulations on how food products derived from animal cells should be labeled. For now, the two California companies call their products cell-cultivated chicken. So, okay, okay. Big agriculture is up in arms about it. They're mad. And so they're just, they're doing, like, they're grasping at straws. They're saying, no, they can't use the word meat. So if something makes big agriculture squirm, usually I kind of like it. I kind of like it. But I also get the hesitation of, like, this is made in a lab. And I don't know what it's going to do to my body. Because humans definitely aren't supposed to eat things made in labs. But if it really is just like chicken, like, it has all the same chemical uh, science components and my body processes it exactly the same, which I know we're going to need like tests and studies and shit, then I'm for it if it means that it does actually help the environment, that we could like let the chickens free, just let them roam free and just be wild chickens once more, because um, it makes me real sad when I see that they're all cooped up like that, but I still keep eating chicken. So, yeah, I already eat, listen, I already eat trash. I'm eating fucking off-brand chicken nuggets. I don't know what's in there. I don't know what's in there. It might as well be lab-grown. You know what I mean? I don't know if they're a production byproducts. That would be something interesting to look into. Right. I don't trust science to do what is best for us. Okay. But then, like, when you start down the I don't trust science route, you get anti vaxxers. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, who knows? Yeah, so it's it's supposed to taste like real chicken, but wasn't living, so it's a no-kill meat. Um, but apparently, according to this article, chicken, the taste of chicken is a lot easier to reproduce in lab. They're still trying to figure out beef. Apparently, that taste, because it's more fatty, it's harder to reproduce. So... Yeah, like, you know, lab-grown meat, spooky. The way that we already treat and kill animals, spooky. And handle their car- carcasses, spooky. Spooky. If I think too much about like, I was a vegetarian for, like, six, seven years. And um, and I, th- when I think too much about it, I'm like, bleh, bleh. maybe I'll go back to that. This is a chicken dish featuring lab-grown slaughter-free meat from Upside Foods. Got capers, it's got vegetables, it looks like chicken. Wild, all right. Um, and then, uh, I don't have, yeah, I don't have uh, the right heading for this. I would for the next story, I would put a heading up that's called just the end times, but I feel like Climate Corner is um, fine. Uh, blood red crickets have invaded Nevada town, residents fight back with brooms, leaf blowers, snow plows. Whoop. Whoop. Every day, blood red crickets. You know, just your casual, everyday infestation of blood red crickets. Oh, and in other parts of the country, parts of Florida's Broward County are under quarantine after giant African land snails were detected. They can grow up to the size of a human fist. They're really big, and they're infesting a county in Florida. And that's the end times, my friends. I got nothing else to say about that. I got nothing else to say about that. Chicken substitute, big giant snails, blood red crickets. Both both can be eaten, I suppose. <laughs> oh, immediately no. Immediately no. But yes, free protein humanely raised. <laughs> oh God. All right. Consumption corner. Listen, here's what I'm consuming. A lot of Halo Top ice cream. Um, Halo Top, if you to don't know, it's a low calorie ice cream and I'm not eating it because Thursday I'm on a diet. I'm eating it because I love the satisfaction to of being able to eat an Thursday entire afternoon. pint of ice cream you in you one sitting and not feel rascal. physically ill. So I do it for the gluttony and the convenience and not for the dietary purposes. And it's still delicious. Consuming lots, my my ice cream budget goes way up these months because it's been hot as balls, all right? It was also the only thing that I really wanted to eat when my stomach, when I was having my, my, my little stomach bug earlier this week. Um, the Bear, season two just dropped. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited. And Just Like That, season two, the Sex in the City reboot, first episode airs today. Do I like And Just Like That? No, I do not. I think it's poorly written. I hate most of the storylines. I hate a lot of the acting and I hate most of the characters. But Sex in the City is my comfort show. It's problematic and I will admit that all day long, but it's the show that I turn to when I need comfort because it wraps me in the late 90s, early 2000s safety of my childhood. And I can live vicariously through women having promiscuous sex in their mid-30s in Manhattan, which is something I can't relate to, but I do enjoy watching for some reason. And so, yes, I will watch all of the reboots that they want to give me. That's what I'm consuming. That's all. Oh, waiting for more episodes of Outlander. Are you still watching Outlander? Because I bailed like a season ago or two. I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, the hot sexy love story is over. I don't like most of these characters. I know what happens in this American Revolution (laughs) storyline. But I do love time travel love stories. So it really hooked me in for a long time. I love a time travel love story. That very specific genre. I could read it all day. Set. All right. All right. That's all I got. Moira's just been asleep this whole time. What a life. Happy Thursday. Everyone you get to work. I'm going to go eat a snack. Maybe you should too. Um, I will be back next Thursday, pretty sure. Um, I did not put out a new edited video this week because I was bedridden, so it didn't happen, okay? But next week, I am putting out a new video. It's all about why Americans, specifically American conservatives, are so susceptible to falling for fake news, which was a very interesting one to research, and I'm excited for you guys to see that. So I hope that you have a great day and a great weekend.